Good afternoon, everybody. Um, welcome to the Rangers Review uh, afternoon briefing. Second time lucky uh, today. I'm Derek Clark. I'll explain in a minute. I'm joined by Joshua Barry and Johnny McFarlane. Uh, Joshua, great to speak to you once again. Yeah, back again, Derek, um, due to some technical difficulties, which you will explain, I think. Yeah, and Johnny, good to have you on as well. How are you getting on? Yep, glad to be called in at an emergency at the last minute, um, but fortunately um, I'm uh, able to do it today, so here I am. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, folks, a few issues, as Joshua highlighted there with uh, Facebook and YouTube earlier on with our morning briefing. Um, So we've had to uh, redo the video, um, but we're going to bring you the... Uh, expert Rangers coverage as ever. So um, let's uh, fire away. Before we do that, folks, um, as you can see, the little ticker below, we've still got that great Christmas offer on at the moment. Uh, just £1 for two months worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Gallant Pioneer gets in touch. What's this potato is a breaking news? Unfortunately not. Uh, technical difficulties, uh, as I mentioned there, but, but there's loads to talk about when it comes to Rangers. Um, so let's get Get stuck in, boys. Um, I'll come to you first, Johnny. Um, myself and Joshua were speaking earlier on. Uh, the big news, well, the big reports at the moment um, that have surfaced in the last few days is a potential move for Ryan Porteous from Hibs. Of course, out of contract in the summer. He's not signed a new deal at Hibs. Uh, Hibs actually sent a tweet out suggesting uh, that that will be it in t- terms of his time uh, at Hibs, um, and uh, there was a report, I think, from Jim Duffy suggesting that Rangers uh, were interested in taking him to Ibrox. However, that's since been cooled. Um, it's, it's certainly created debate amongst the, the Rangers' support, Johnny. Ryan Porteous, for you, would you be welcome to a move to, to for him in, in January time? Well, I think it's going to be one that's uh, definitely going to be uh, divisive if it was actually going to happen. But Derek, here's the thing. I don't think it is going to happen. Um, you know, I've spoken to a few people about it and uh, the, the the word is that um, this is uh, it's, it's just not on the agenda. Uh, and Listen, I think it makes sense in, in some ways because you had Ross Wilson talking about... Um, John Suter and, and and why the fact he was Scottish was so important in terms of his signing. You know, Rangers in terms of the European squad need a certain level of, of Scottish players in there to ensure they meet the criteria. So it is important that you're going out and making sure that in, in terms of foundation level, you do have a number of players that are homegrown. So Ryan Porteous would obviously make sense with that. He'd make sense in that he's a free transfer at the end of the season, a newly established Scottish international who plays on the left side of defence. Well, guess what? It looks like Phil Hellander's going to be leaving at the end of the season as a left-sided defender. But at the same time, I think you've also got to bear in mind that Ryan Porteous is a controversial figure with Rangers fans. Um, he would not be a particularly popular signing, I don't think, if Twitter's anything to go by. And that would be one that, you know, if Rangers were to make the move, he would have to hit the ground running and be very, very good. He'd be under significant pressure from the get-go. I think as a player, Ryan Porteous makes absolute sense, but the transfer in terms of the the optics of it, in terms of the larger issues around it, might be difficult to sell. Um, You know, we don't exist in a vacuum whereby none of this stuff, that none of the noise that surrounds Rangers matters. It does matter. It all feeds into 
how a player uh, is received, how a player settles in, etc., etc. So uh, you don't have to filter too far through the name Ryan Portis on Twitter to see a number of um, reactions that are that are very strongly against it, and we can probably already see in the comments uh, on this YouTube video that there are a number of people who are saying absolutely no. Yeah. Can I caveat that this with an, with another point though, uh, Derek, which is I do feel. And this applies to, I think, quite a lot of big clubs just in general, but it certainly applies to Rangers, that, that there's a bit of a, a sort of snobbery around players from, from our own league that exists sometimes. I remember getting absolutely filleted, quote tweeted a lot on, on Twitter when I suggested back in 2017 that Ryan Jack would be a really, really good signing for Rangers because he impressed me at Aberdeen. He's a captain there. He was a guy who used the ball really well. I thought it was just an obvious signing for Rangers. And you know, a lot of people told me Ryan Jack's, you know, just an Aberdeen player. He won't he won't make it at Rangers. I think we all know anyone who's been honest with themselves knows that Ryan Jack, when he he was at his best, if he, if it wasn't for injury, he'd be an absolute powerhouse uh, at this stage of his career in the Scottish Premiership. And has been a very, very good signing for Rangers on the whole. I look back to the Walter Smith era, both of them, and he always used Scottish domestic talent as a foundation stone in his teams he went out immediately of course and and uh, when he came back the second time brought in uh, Davy Weir and Ugo Ekiog from down south um but you know British British talent I'm talking about here um and then when it came to Scottish talent there was loads of it players like Kevin Thompson Stephen Whitaker from Hibs for example immediately jump into mind guys that came in and and and, and gave you that bedrock uh, to move forward and, and win three uh, championships in a row before Walter went into retirement. So I think it's important that, that Rangers are really, really making sure they get the best out of the Scottish market. There's three players that have left recently. I tweeted about this the other day and it did get a number of likes, um, which is unusual for my tweets, as you both know. Mm. Um, you know, Josh Doig, a player I know Stephen Gerrard really highly rated, a young left back who's gone out there uh, to Italy and you know settling in, but has done reasonably well, I think, um, and is another one I think has got a huge future ahead of him. Now that was I think around three million pounds, so it wasn't cheap, but it was cheaper than than Vidvan Yilmaz. Um, so I think there's an argument to be made about about who who would have been the better signing out of those two. Um, the truth is, I don't think any of us know, but I think you can have the argument. Uh, you, you've got you've got um, um, uh, Aaron Hickey, who obviously is now a, a very expensive Premier League player with Brentford, who went to Bologna, who was absolutely terrific uh, there and certainly earned his move and is now a, an established Premier League player. I think he could have been picked up for a couple of million if Rangers had pushed the button at the time. And then finally, Lewis Ferguson, a player that I've been banging on about for the 18 months that we've been online uh, with me saying that I feel like he was a player that, that could have added something to Rangers, um, box to box, powerful, knows the club, um, very very good in a in a in a pretty average at times Aberdeen side of the last couple of years, and and someone I felt like could have um, come into the squad and 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 made a pretty big impact. Uh, that that didn't happen, and he's now obviously again at Bologna and and really really doing terrifically well in Serie A after a after a slow start, which you would expect because he's getting used to a new league. So. I think a lot of those players, if you'd mentioned them at a the time, people would have been saying, mm, you know, are they good enough? You know, have they shown enough? And I just think sometimes you, you need to remember that, that that the bedrock 
of most great Rangers teams over the years have been those domestic players. Um, they might not be the guys that you look to as being the glamour signings, but but often that that's what the that's what the good teams are made of. That kind of understanding of the league and this unique domestic challenges that Rangers face, and and and, and be able to come into the club and adapt to all these elements that that, that make up being a Rangers <clears> player. The, the stress, the demand the expectation of winning every single week, that's all a little bit easier to adjust to if you're a Scottish uh, Premiership player and you've already seen it, maybe not close up, but seen it and understand what it's about. It's a little bit like being a new parent. You know, everyone tells you how bad it is. And if you've got enough friends that have had kids and if you've got uh, nieces and nephews, etc., you can get an idea of what it's like. And it's much easier once you're a parent. Of course, there's the other element that once you have a child, as I'm... Uh, learning at the moment, um, uh, there's no real preparing for it. Is that a good analogy or not? I don't. Know. I like that. I, I like that analogy. I thought there was going to be a second part to it, but no, no, any further. Yeah, listen. Um, yeah, you, you make some valid points there, there Johnny. Um, this one from from Ronnie Gallagher um, says, "Afternoon, chaps. I'd have Portis at Rangers. He's a good, reliable." And that really injured defender. If he can curb his on-field antics, he'd do a better than decent job for us in the SPFL. Well, he has had two major knee injuries uh, in recent years. Uh, he was out for a considerable period of time. Um, I personally don't think he's... Uh, he's. I wouldn't have him at Ibrooks. Um, just think there's too much baggage there uh, for me to, to have him there uh, as part of the setup. Um, and I think that's a general consensus from the uh, comments that are coming in from the supporters uh, on social media as well. However, Joshua, is Johnny's point about getting more Scottish blood in, we talked about it uh, this morning, but it's something that Ross Wilson mentioned at the AGM where they have to have a, a certain nucleus of Scottish players. Um, would that suggest... <laughs> of the players in the league at the moment. Um, I know some people have, have been commenting in about uh, about some. Uh, someone mentioned, of course, uh, Calvin Ramsey was one that, that you missed out, Johnny, that, of course, went to Liverpool recently for a, a load of money. These players, Yeah, are that's the there. reason I didn't mention him is because I just yeah. think that <laughs> yeah. you're not going to pay six million when you've got no. James Tavernier uh, there. So, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. But uh, I'm struggling to think, uh, Joshua, of, of players in the Scottish division uh, homegrown players that, that could uh, strengthen this Rangers side. I think, um, uh, thinking back earlier, players down south that I think could be in Rangers price range are the likes of John Fleck perhaps, uh, that could perhaps entice back up the road. I've seen somebody commenting earlier on about Ollie McBurney, of course, um, although I'm not too sure he would qualify as, as homegrown away as a, a Scottish international uh, and Rangers fan. Is there any that stand out for you that you'd like to beef up the squad with? Well, just to go back to the, the conversation on centre-backs, um, as we said there this morning, Derek, or yesterday, um, I, th I think Ben Davies and Conor Goldson will, that the plan will be for them to be Rangers centre-back partnership for the next three, four years, I, I think, unless... Oh, Johnny's gone. Unless... Um, you must have not liked my point. Unless, <laughs> uh, you know, Leon King obviously breaks through, yeah. or he's obviously a sellable asset, so... Maybe the plan is for, for him to go down south at some point as well. Um, I think Michael Beale will really want a left-footed central defender next to Conor Goldston, which obviously Davies fits into. Rangers paid yeah. a considerable amount of, of money re relatively for, for Davies to come 
to the club this summer. He's in the prime of his career. I know it's not worked for him so far, but much like when we're speaking about Malik Tillman, I'll be interested to see a number of these players in a different environment and a team that's maybe better functioning. Um, Davies, in, in particular, can he fulfil that role that Holander did? We know he's quite comfortable on the ball, stepping into midfield. So I think he'll be a player that, that Bill really likes. It's just about trying to get him um, fit and, and, and playing week in, week out. If he is able to do that, then I think you'll see that hopefully is pretty unchanged Goldson and Davies at the back because, as as I say, I think that would have been the plan from the summer. Um, obviously, injury permitting with both of them meant that neither of them were there in, in Van Bronckhorst's last game against St Mirren. Yeah, uh, Freddie Faulkner gets in touch. Hi, Freddie says, uh, Ross Stewart, Billy Gilmore, John Fleck and Porteous take these lads all day. Um, Fleck, Gilmore and Stewart, yes. Porteous, no for me. Johnny, uh, Ross Stewart is one that was linked, of course, uh, I think uh, in the summer, wasn't he, when uh, Sunderland got promoted to the Championship? He's one that would fit the bill in terms of homegrown. Um, I think he'll be linked again in January time. I see a lot of comments coming in uh, suggesting his name. Rangers, do they need someone like of that ilk up top? Oh, you're on there. Ah, sorry, apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not for me. Um, I, Ross Stewart is a, a good, solid player, actually, and uh, we took a really good look at him, didn't we, in the summer when it was yeah, it was known Rangers were interested. And do think he's a player? I think that can add something to the to the team. Certainly, they thought that in the summer potentially, but they got Cholak, and now that they've got Cholak, I think you you see Cholak plus Morelos, and now Michael Beals arrived back plus Kmart Roof. I think you're going to see a big increase in his productivity as we get towards uh, the end of this season. That's for sure. You'll see Kmar Roof becoming a much more important player for Rangers. Obviously, it's dependent oh, yeah. on whether or not he can stay fit, but that's yeah. the McFarlane prediction, that one, uh, is that you'll see Kmar Roof once again coming back in a sharp focus as a as a major threat for Rangers. And, and that can only be good because I've gone on and on and on about how much I rate him. I think he's a terrific talent. And if Rangers can get the best out of him, then that that's absolutely huge. And in terms of firepower, those three, that's all you need if you can get them all going. Now, Michael yeah. Beal said about Alfredo Morelos that he was he was training very, very well um, when he was uh, introduced at the Ibrox press conference unveiling him. So you can only hope that that continues because Morelos, again, we know how good he can be. And I tweeted about this again the other night watching Portugal, a 40-year-old Pepe strolling about the pitch owning every ball, furiously tackling the opposition, stepping into midfield, and Pepe just looked absolutely superb. Rolled back the years, and I thought to myself, I start watching Pepe get bullied by Alfredo Morelos across two games, where I came away thinking, well, Pepe's finished. I mean, his career will be over at the end of the season. And every time I've actually seen him since then, He's been outstanding, and that's not testament to anything but what Alfredo Morelos can do when he's on the top of his game. I mean, Pepe is one of the most physical center for central defenders you could possibly come against. That's his game. It's bullying, aggressive, powerful, in about you, never letting you settle, the dark arts. And Alfredo Morelos gave him one hell of a difficult time, one hell of a difficult time over those two games. And uh, I thought, you know, that's a real, a real marker that Pepe, uh, in the years since, is actually is still going strong, and Alfredo Morelos can't even get in the team. 
It's something yeah. that needs to be rectified and fast if he wants to really uh, get his career back uh, where, it, where it should be. Yeah, and, and Pepe, of course, playing alongside Fabio Cardoso for Porto Joshua. Uh, there you go. Football's a funny old game, isn't it? Yes. Um, Fabio Cardoso, someone that is, I think, regarded a, pretty much as, as a flop at Rangers. I think the game wasn't suited to him, but there's obviously a player in there. He's another one that, that that's uh, prospered since, since since leaving the club, isn't he? Thought he'd just go off field here, but that's, uh, that's fine. You want to talk about Pedro Cachinha's? Yeah, <laughs> I remember the game. The first game of that season was um, Motherwell away, wasn't it? And Doran scored that double. It was Doran's and Jack in the middle. Uh, and then did Windass play off the left that game? Hit the post with that that run. The start of the he's on, but yeah. Um, Yes, it was a surprise to see him rock up at, at, at Porto, Derek. I can't remember much about him, so I've not I've not got much to say on Fabio. Other than the, when he gets smashed in the face in, in that semi-final. Um, I remember that, yeah. yeah I against, remember that against Motherwell, of course. But uh, yeah, he's he's obviously a top player uh, and doing well at, at Porto as Fabio Cardoso. Uh, bring him home uh, is what I'm saying uh, right now. Jake Donovan gets in touch. Another live show treating us here, boys. Well, it is Christmas after all. Uh, and speaking about Christmas, Malky McClellan, uh, he said he was having a Christmas party in the Thornton Suite uh, today, and he's live from Ibrook Stadium. Good to have you along with us uh, again, Malky. Uh, great to see. Um, question coming in here um, uh, from NM. Who's James Wilson, of course, in the title, folks? Um, young lad from Hearts, according to reports, Rangers, interested in enticing him to Ibrox. He's a current Scotland youth international at under 16 level. Now, he's also attracting interest, apparently, from south of the border. Manchester United uh, reportedly keen on him as well. Um, not going to be many people that are aware of this young lad, Johnny, but um, I think uh, Rangers, as they have done in the summer, I think, brought in a lot of young Scottish talent from different clubs. That's what they're looking towards the future, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a number of facets to the academy. You've got the talent that comes through from a very young age, players like Leon King and Alex Lowry. And then you've got the scouting element that is bringing guys in to fill spots in the squad that haven't maybe flowered as well as you would have expected. You've got guys that can come in there like Zach Lovelace, uh, Paul Seo, um, players like that who can really add something that, that, that perhaps isn't there. And you'd imagine that this this young chap, James Wilson, is is one that they eye as being another one of that ilk. We've already seen uh, Bailey Rice coming in from Motherwell, for example. An another real talent. When I've seen him play for the youth team, he, he looked really, really good. And uh, I know, speaking to people who who know that um, he he's one for the future, that's for sure. So it's important that, that Rangers are, are going out and bringing in the best Scottish young players. And if they happen to be at other teams, then uh, it's it's just part of the, the grind that they go out and make representations and try and bring them in. Especially, obviously, in this post-Brexit UK, where it's much more difficult to go and get players from France or players from Italy or players from Denmark, uh, wherever. And, uh, and 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 ensure that they can fill out fill out your academy with uh, with, with some quality. You know, it, it has to be, or it mostly has to be UK based players now, um, and and that's just the way of it going forward. These players are going to be much more highly valued in the market. Yeah. We've already seen, you know, you know, Rangers talents depart. People like Billy Gilmore. Um, that was prior to Brexit, obviously, but. Um, 
given that there's no longer the ability to go out and snap up these these talented uh, kids, uh, you're going to see English teams also swooping into the Scottish market, the Northern Ireland market, the Wales market. And uh, there was a further report, I think, today that Manchester United are also interested in this kid. And that's where we're at. There's going to be a lot of competition for these best young young kids. And it's the clubs that provide the most attractive pathway to the first team, that provide the most cutting-edge possibility for education and, and development that will get the opportunity to sign these guys. And fortunately, I think Rangers have got a really, really good setup in terms of the youth setup there. And they can be guaranteed that um, it's a very, very attractive proposition. Yeah, absolutely. I've just had a parcel delivered to the door, uh, lads, so I'm going to get that just now. I'm <laughs> just two little seconds. Oh, here, that, so Don't worry, leave us to it. Leave us to it, Derek. Mm -hmm. Off you go. Right, two wee, two wee seconds, lads. Uh, that's, that's now you know it's live. Two wee ticks. He's at the window of the postman. Two wee ticks. Okay, okay, mate. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. Josh, in terms yeah. of... Um, Tell you what, Johnny, I have a point. To, I'll, I'll save you okay, jumping. I have a point to come into because I'm seeing again a lot of Leon Balogun in the... The comment section, um, if, I, if I can find it here, uh, John saying, wouldn't mind Balogun coming back at some point. I don't know what you think about this, but I know he did He did this interview, uh, with a, I think it's a Beautiful Game podcast, um, and he'd, he'd done that before. Balogun, for me, is someone who speaks really well about Rangers and was, a, you know, for, for, for signing him on a free, an excellent piece of business. But players get older and there's got to be a pathway. I don't see the, I don't know what you think about it, but I, I don't see the... Um, the controversy about it again. I go back to that game. I know where Balogun was a bit injured in that in that Hibs three-one semi-final, but yeah, I, I just think you've got to move on from players at, at one point. What, what do you think about Balogun and the clamour to bring him bring him back? Yeah, Balogun's left Rangers fans wanting more, which is uh, rare. I think quite often the yeah. club has held on to players longer than they should have, and. There's an expectation, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to go at the end of the season. Um, whereas with Balogun, I think most people expected him to be retained. I'm not quite sure exactly what happened there. I certainly think Balogun himself wanted to remain. I think the club were, were, were keen, depending on what happened. And ultimately, Conor Goldson signed, I think, quite unexpectedly. Um, you know, I think it was always in the balance, but I, I think that the, the, even people at the club we're probably thinking that um, certainly three months out that Conor Goldson was likely to depart um, on a free. And once that happened, I think it's very, very difficult to trigger Balogun uh, contract-wise because you've got Leon King there. He's at an age where he needs games. He's got two years left on his contract. And if he doesn't get a chance, then why would he sign another one? There's a very talented young player, a smart young player as well, who's wanting the best for his future. Now, would Balogun have done better than Leon King in the team? Probably. Probably. But would it have been substantially different and better that it would have changed the results that we've had so far? I'm not so sure. Of course, we'll never know that. Of course, it's speculation. Um, but what I do know is that in giving Leon King that, that run in the team, it'll stand him in very, very good stead for his future. It'll stand the club in good stead as being able to point to a pathway into the first team to future talent that are coming through. And it, it's also financially beneficial. You know, Leon King will not be getting paid the same as Leon Balogun, that's for sure. Um, so there's there's a number of, of reasons why you do it. But I believe that Rangers need to bring through young, 
Scottish talent from the academy. If you're not doing that, there's no yeah. point in spending the millions that are spent on the academy every year. You might as well just scrap it. <laughs> this is part of the things that, that, that Ross Wilson has done behind the scenes, is establishing a sense that there will be a pathway. And for, for years there hasn't been, but we're beginning to see it now. And that's something I think you'd, you'd have to be very, very reluctant to, to lose. I think um, that needs to be something that, that becomes a staple of the club for the next 10 years. You look at Ajax as a perfect example of what they've been able to do. Every year they bring in a new generation that comes in and replace the old that have gone on for big money. Uh, it might be 5 million, it might be 50 million. But you've, that's what Ajax do. They sell these players on. And I think Rangers need to target that model. Because when you're in a league where you know there isn't going to be the finances from the television companies, you have to find that finance another way to help you to compete. There's no point in rolling over and saying, we can't do it, we can't do it. This is Rangers Football Club. You need to find a way. So yeah. one of the ways is to rear your own and rear the best. And that's what they have to try and do. The thing is about the academy, though, Josh... It's not an overnight fix. It's not a, we're going to put in these best practices and we'll see in three years' time the benefits. You put in these best practices and you tweak them and you develop them over a three-year period and a decade later, you start seeing the upshot. So yeah. I think 2016 was a very, very important year for the Rangers Academy. Craig Mulholland came in, Mark Warburton came in. There was a lot of work done at that point. It was still miles away from where it is today. But from that point up until 2016, I think that can be seen as a as a chunk of time. And in 2016, you'll be able to look back and say that decade has been very, very important in terms of the development of youth players at Rangers. It's easy for me to say, and it's hard for fans to, to get their heads around it in terms of, because there's a frustration to see the first team doing well. And, and, and people, when the first team is not doing well, they're not that... You know, it's not high on the priority list that the youth team on the youth setup is 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 looking really good. But I've answered really long long question, a really long answer there on on a question about Leon Balogun. But I think it's an important element to why Leon Balogun is no longer at the club. Leon King's development. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. Curry Muncher gets in touch. Uh, hi, buddy. On that point, uh, would you have played Leon over King over the last two months? Uh, that is it. An interesting one. Of course, it's been a bit of a, a baptism of fire for, for Leon King. You need to remember he is only 18 years of age uh, and he's played a lot more football than I'm sure that the Rangers hierarchy uh, would have liked in terms of his development. So many comments come in. I'll try and get to a few of them, folks. Uh, DMAC says, uh, nice to see you guys on in the afternoon. Sure does break up uh, the dog walk. Good to have your company, uh, DMAC. And there's a brilliant comment coming in here uh, as well from Graham Hockley, who, uh, afternoon, Lazzy says, I'm catching a live for the first time from Lexington, South Carolina. Thanks for your sterling work. Uh, is that the Lexington that, that Nacho Novo uh, is part of, Graham? Let us know. Um, did a, a great interview. You can check it out on the website uh, with him, of course, being appointed as assistant manager at the newly formed Lexington Sporting Club, uh, as well as Hunter Three's head coach as well. So uh, really wish <coughs> Nacho all the best uh, with his coaching endeavours uh, over there. It certainly sounds like a, a cracking opportunity. And thank you very much for, for tuning in uh, this afternoon or whatever time it is over there. I think you'll be in the, the morning, I'm sure, if I'm not mistaken. Um, lots of comments coming in here, Joshua. Uh, this is an interesting one from uh, Fraser. Connell, Lowry will be a revelation under Beal. Would you go along with that? Um, I think every the most supporters that I speak to anyway are wanting to see a lot more of Alex Lowry. 
It was an interesting uh, little snippet from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, of course, when he was quizzed on his lack of game time uh, near the end of his tenure, uh, when he said that, that, that every player deserves to be in the squad that he picks, uh, and he has been out for, for a long time. Um, it's led to certainly a vacuum of, of rumour and speculation as to why he's not in the squad, but is he someone that could prosper under the new management team? Yeah, again, we touched on this recently, Derek, but I think definitely because, I mean, it's almost a year now since Lowry had that substitute appearance against, um, was it Sterling Albion in the... So, yeah. It was a game where um, Hadji actually got injured, didn't he? he? Ended up walking around the pitch, but it was one of those injuries that maybe is deceivingly bad uh, at first. Lowry, I think, is at that age now where, he's at a stage where he needs to kick on and seize the, the moment of... Um, breaking into the first team, he obviously came back from pre-season and had some sort of injury that kept him out in the first instance and then had that tackle on him, which kept him out for what, a couple of months it was in the end and, and has been coming back from that ever since, but it, it's fit again. Um, I think he's the type of player that Beal will love for all of the reasons that, that we've previously outlined about creative players. I think it will suit Lowry um, playing close to other players in, in those attacking ideas that, that Beal's referenced previously and I think the system will hopefully be conducive to getting a lot of those players Lowry, Hadji, um, Lawrence, Tillman playing closer together playing with one another um, and having a bit more freedom in the centre of the park so uh, Lowry alongside players like Tillman I'm sure will be uh, will, will be a big winner it'll be interesting to see though if Beal sees him as someone who he can he can trust right away and put into big games right away, or what you'd expect, which is that he's still at the stage where he's he's made only a handful of Rangers starts, and it'll be a case of bleeding him into the first team. But what you're hoping definitely, if you're Alex Lowry, is that there isn't another stoppage because the the, the injury, the disrupted preseason, um, has stopped his flow. Where whereas you look at the, the goal he scored the final day of the season against Hearts, I think there was expectation back then that by this time this season, if not for those. Obviously, uh, those uh, those injury factors. He'd have he'd have played more football and been a greater part of the team by this point. Yeah, uh, and Graham uh, corrects me. You know, he's in Lexington, Kentucky. So there's uh, two or more Lexingtons in America. Thanks for that, Graham. Uh, some comments coming in. I want to get your point of view on, on these, Johnny. Well, first of all, uh, Jeep, a good friend of the show, uh, says he's driving up up the road from England. A gallant pioneer couldn't resist. Are you driving home for for Christmas? Absolutely fantastic. That's the sort of comedy we like on this show. Um, comment coming in here, and it's an interesting one because it was a, an article I wrote, uh, I think, was it last tail end of last week, I think, Johnny, on, on the website um, with regards to Michael Beal coming in and whether that would um, see a change in terms of the goalkeeping position. Uh, this one from Kale93. Do you think Beal will give McCrory a chance in goals? He seems to have been overlooked ever since the couple of games he got, of course, against Celtic and Alish Kurt uh, last season. Um, do you think uh, a change in manager will be good for, for Robbie McCrory? No, I don't. Um, I might be wrong on this, but fundamentally, I think the only option really at the moment is to go with Alan McGregor. If you drop Alan McGregor, it becomes a huge thing mm. um, and it would lead to unnecessary noise, to be honest. I think you've got McGregor until the end of the season. Just stick with him until the end of the season. He's not going to be the guy that's going to help you really develop, play out from the back brilliantly, but he's not terrible at that. Far from it. And we know that he can produce big saves in big moments. Now, if we start getting into the data, 
there is an argument that actually McGregor and uh, John McLaughlin are actually not that much different in terms of goals saved above average. They're both negative two or something like that. Joshua will probably be able to tell me the more accurate figures for this moment. Practically um, yeah, looking for the, for the stats. Yeah, he's, he's looking, so I'll not. I'll, I'll, I'll leave him to that. But um, if they are both around that level, then there's a, there is a, a real argument amongst the stats nerds about you might as well just play McLaughlin because he's brilliant at moving the ball out from the back and he can develop play quicker. Um, we don't know really about McCrory in terms of ball ball to feet and and how he's doing on how he does on that front. He, he played two games, both extremely stressful scenarios, one against uh, Alishkert, where it was incredibly important that Rangers got through from a financial point of view. Um, it was a nothing game. It was extremely tense and it was it was recently it was basically a midfield battle and then the old firm game was the old firm game you know it was a one one for rangers um he made a couple of good saves but he wasn't going to be developing the ball out from the back as often as he would be against a ross county or st mirren or a hearts even you know it was um it's always going to be more difficult in that sense mm. so i'm not sure uh if, if ross mccurry might combine all these things but i think there is an argument in the stats community around McGregor or McLaughlin, and I know people who do think that we sh- that Rangers should just re- return to John McLaughlin and go. Now I don't. I think we should. No. I think Al McGregor should be the man. So I'll, 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 I'll give you the numbers here, uh, Derek. Um, here we go. McGregor goal saved above average, and, and this is just shot, so it doesn't take into consideration. Um, other external factors, for example, McGregor's maybe positioning coming for crosses or other things that will impact a goalkeeper's performance. But just the actual shots he faced is negative 1.89, um, goals saved above average, and, and McLaughlin's negative 2.89. That is largely from the old firm game, uh, obviously, where I think it was it was uh, he, sh- he should have saved um, at least two of those goals, basically, on the, the basis of probability. I, I, I don't think that... I, this is an issue that Rangers sh- should have fixed in the summer. Basically, I think it's 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 one of last yeah. season's problems that's been carried over and, and shouldn't have been. There should have been, in my opinion, either someone brought in or, or something to resolve this. So it wasn't even a discussion. Yeah, I agree with Johnny. I think if you change keeper again, there, there's a lot of noise. I think John McLaughlin, the performance he had in that old firm, it's difficult to come back from that. It's difficult to trust him again. It's somewhere like Parkhead because of how bad it was. Equally, you'd say you look at him away in Eindhoven uh, where he made a, a couple of big saves and then he was part of that team that got Rangers into the Champions League. McGregor, the same conversation that we've had lots and lots of times before. I think every player just has a, a, a period in their career where they're not as good as they once were. Um, McGregor has defied that notion for a long time. He's he's come back to defy that notion after it seemed like he's dropped off the title recent title winning season. A perfect example um, of that. I think if you change keeper again for what it's worth, there's a lot of noise around it, and 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 I guess it depends on how much Beal fit. You know, Beal worked with Gerard uh, with, with McGregor before, and although I don't think he's brilliant at distributing from the back, I, I think he's okay when he's got different solutions under uh, Gerard and Beals a lot of times he'd play the ball out to Tavernier and he he became quite good I think that clipped pass 
Um, but he's, I, what I don't think he's able to do is invite pressure like Van Bronckhorst wanted him, his goalkeeper to do um, and then play through it, which McLaughlin was more comfortable with. So kind of an agreement with, with Johnny about that. But equally, I, I think it's hard to defend that decision making from the summer. Um, you know, whoever holds responsibility or whether it was a collective decision to, to not bring in a new goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, I want to stress, Derek, that I don't think there's like a good solution here. Uh, Josh is right about it. it's a situation that should have been cleared up in the summer. Yeah. Have to hold my hands up and say I felt like it was uh, worth holding on to John McLaughlin uh, with so Robbie as number two in the summer. That's what I felt at the time. Yeah. I got that wrong. To me, there there is a case there that's pretty strong that a new goalie was required, one that can develop the ball out from the back with his feet comfortably, but also as an undisputed number one who Rangers could stick with for the whole season unless there was injury and allow him to develop and, and become the player that, that Rangers need in, in between the sticks. It's, it's not an easy position to fill by any means. could be quite an expensive position to fill. But Rangers have got a pretty good record over it on it over the years, I think. And, and you just have to hope that they can go out and uh, pick someone up in the summer because I don't think the, the status quo will, will last. I, I, Joshua is better placed than I am to detail this, but I suspect looking at the way Michael Beale wants to play, he'll look for someone who is a more modern uh, version of of the goalies that, that Rangers have. And that might well be Ross McCrory. I don't see him on the training ground. I don't know how good he is with the ball at his feet. Yeah, But I don't see Michael Beale as someone who's going to just ignore this development in, in world football that's taking place where the best goalies in the game are not just the guys who can make saves anymore. You look at people like Ederson, like Allison, they're also very, very, very good footballers. And... This is a sort of Cruyffian development that's that's become more entrenched over the years, but I don't think it's going to, going away anytime soon. I think this is going to be the future of goalkeeping. That developing play out from the back is going to go through the goalkeeper more and more. Yeah, yeah. My point was that he has to be promoted to number two. Uh, if he's not promoted to number two for the end of the season, then he should go out on loan in January just for his own sake in career he has to be playing games at what is he 24 years of age now i would like to see him playing games some comments coming in with regards to the goalkeeping situation bob says uh need to start to introduce mccrory this season if he's good enough give him the club's gloves next season and this is a bit of a left field uh comment from fraser johnny in goal till the end of the season in his opinion would you be I up for that, sticks. there's no doubt you, they, you <laughs> struggle to get a goal past me at the moment i need to get on uh <laughs> back to the gym but it's probably not a bad shout, although I'm not sure my acrobatics are what they once were. Can you play from the back quite easily, though? Good, oh, good playing feet. from the back, that's not a problem. Silky, <laughs> silky feet still. That never goes, Derek. Yeah, The ability to ping a ball, still got that all day long. But the old uh, supple limbs and supple joints, I am probably even more... I would make Cristiano Ronaldo look flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff and uh, good comment coming in here from Kane's World. He says, I went to school with you, Derek. I listen every day. I love the show. Good to have you on board, uh, buddy. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for your support. That is great stuff. Uh, and this comment coming in from Fraser as well. He mentioned earlier on, uh, apparently the boy we've just extended the contract as a right back and compared to Patterson, that is Jack Hartness. Uh, of course, signed until uh, 2025. I've been impressed by his performances. I've watched him in the uh, UEFA Youth League matches uh, against Ajax in particular, the one that stands out for me. I spoke to him afterwards. Uh, he talks well as well. Um, uh, and yeah, listen, he's had a great season for, for Rangers. He's broke into the, the Scotland setup as well this season. 
uh, at youth, youth level. Uh, and it's all about tying these boys down, isn't it, Johnny? You don't want any Rory Wilsons, really, uh, although that uh, we should expect that to happen, given that the food chain in football, but it's important to tie down the, these young lads, isn't it? Yeah, I really like Jack Harkness as well, Derek. Uh, again, from watching him in the youth league, he's up and down all yeah. game long, got a really terrific engine on him, good crosser of the ball, uh, good going forward, defends like a lion as well. He's got everything, uh, the kids, and I think he's got a real chance of getting into that first team. He'll see Adam Devine in front of him, and if he's got a bit about him, as I suspect he does, he should be doing everything he can to get ahead of Adam Devine, scratching, fighting all the way, because that's his next target. And then after that, it'll be about taking on Tav, and that's yeah. that's stepping up a level. But listen, we know what each Tav is. At the end of the day, he's uh, not getting any younger and for a young guy like Harkness coming in, who's 18 at the moment, if you're thinking about the long term, the long game, you're thinking about getting into that team by 20, looking like a powerhouse in the way Nathan Patterson did, then Tav's going to be 33 at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a real opportunity there, given the age of Tav and given the age of this lad, for him to continue his development. But as I always say, while I like him as a player, Derek, 18 Everything can go wrong for you if you don't take it seriously or if you oh, yeah. make the wrong move or if you get an injury. Football is so fickle and any wrong steps can can absolutely skewer a career. We know such a small percentage make, make it to the top level and, and I'm talking about a club like Rangers. That's not talking about the Premier League or the, or the World Cup. Um, and to get there, you really do need to make enormous sacrifices in 2022 to be at the level of fitness that you, you require. So he's got to keep going. He's got to keep at it. He's got to stay hungry. And if he can do all these things, and I'm, I'm quite certain that the people in the academy will make sure he does all these things, then I think Rangers have got a real player on their hand. I was delighted to see that he'd sign a new contract because I think we're all in agreement. He was one of the, the standouts of the Rangers Youth League performances. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a right good talent, and uh, yeah, congratulations, Jack, on signing your new deal. Uh, big things uh, expected uh, of him in the game, that's for sure. Um, okay, th uh, I think that will do us there, lads. Thank you very much to everyone as ever for interacting with the show. It is greatly appreciated. Um, remember, we've we, um, surpassed the ten thousand subscribers recently, so thank you very much for your support for that. If you haven't already subscribed, it's easy to do, uh, and if you do that, you can click the bell so you'll never miss a video when we go live. And as you can see. A little ticker below. We've got the Christmas offer on the website just now. Just uh, £1 for two months worth of coverage. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. We will be back tomorrow to look ahead to the return of Rangers. Uh, after so long, it's great to see them back in action, albeit it's only a friendly against Bayer Leverkusen, but we'll discuss what we think the team will be in all sorts uh, tomorrow morning. But thanks to Joshua and Johnny, uh, and enjoy the rest of your Thursday. <laughs>